Hell is where God says, have it your way. If someone will not have God, then they bring their own hell with them. If Christ is Lord, then he rules over how I watch TV, how I treat my children, how I treat my neighbors. He rules over everything. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. What's wrong with you people? I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. Put on the full armor of God and pray, 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 and pray. Officer, you are not engaging in activity constitutional behavior. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. Five Solos Studios presents Reformed Radio. Welcome back to Reform Radio, everyone. So glad that you're back to hear us rant a little bit more about the five solas. Uh, This episode, we're going to be talking about solus Christus, which means Christ alone. And as always, I got Mark Schooley here with me, and he's from the pastor from Five Solas Church. And we're just going to jump right into this and get started. So what is solus Christus? What does that mean? So, Tommy, we get to talk tonight about the greatest thing the greatest person that there is to talk about is there any is there any higher subject we could involve ourselves in no is there any greater name under heaven nope is there is there anything better that we could spend our time talking about no better name than jesus no better name than jesus not not even once close um as i see it um solus christus is um Really, the gospel in a lot of ways, as are the five solas, a summary of of the good news. Mm -hmm. But when you get to solus Christus, Christ alone, Christ himself is the gospel. Christ, the person and work of Jesus Christ, is literally the gospel, the good news, the euangelion, right? The great news that was given um, to his people. He, he is the gospel himself, and, and it's Christ alone that is the good news. Okay? Yeah. It, it's not uh, my faith. It's not anything that I bring to it. It's, not, it. it's really him and what he has accomplished through his life and in his death, burial, and resurrection— and then in his ascension to the right hand of the Father, yeah. where he sits even now. This he is the good news. See, he you is know, the gospel. I hadn't ever heard that before and still until I heard you tell me about that. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I just had never thought that I the gospel is the good news. Sure. Right? It's the salvation, but it's the good news is Jesus. Yes. Do you remember the old Charlie Brown? Or you're probably not old enough to remember the old Charlie Brown Christmas story. I know that one. Yeah, where Linus gets up and finally tells Charlie Brown what What Christmas is all about. And what is it about? You know, I bring the angels bring you great tidings of great joy, right? Mm -hmm. And what is it? That unto us a Savior is born. He he literally is the good news. I get... I've been a Christian a long, long time now, and I never get tired of this. Even right now, I can 
I'm starting to feel it well up in me, right? Getting a little giddy, huh? I'm getting a little excited (laughs) because we're getting to talk about the good news. We're getting to talk about uh, Christ, Jesus Christ, um, the the greatest name under heaven that that will ever be, the greatest name in heaven, right? Um, Our glorious Savior. And that good news is his death, burial, and resurrection, certainly. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. What he achieved for us on the cross in his atoning work, in the ratification of that work by his resurrection from the dead. Okay. Um, but it's also his life. See? Yeah. Um, sometimes we pigeonhole um, his work into the death, burial, and resurrection. Certainly, that's really the center point of human history right it's kind of the cross and the resurrection of christ but it's also his life you know why do you think that he came here as a baby to to live life to live life but there's a specific reason in there um i think in a little bit you're going to be talking about the great exchange right okay well he had to have something to exchange right yeah so why don't we pause right there and just talk about the great exchange? Yeah, so the great exchange is basically that Christ has come and done all the works that you're getting at, right? So he came as a baby to not only uh, endure humanity um, and do all the hard, wonderful things that we have to deal with, but mm-hmm. he had he went through and did it right. He mm-hmm. was perfect. And all that he did, he was 100% righteous, never once failing, while all we do is fail. that's it you know we just continually stumble Uh. and and butcher things and so what we have is a bunch of works that are sin Mm -hmm. unrighteousness Mm -hmm. garbage filthy rags and then what christ has is perfection perfect righteousness that glorifies god uh, in, in all purity and so the exchange is that he said i'm going to not only take away your sin but I'm going to give you my righteousness, my works that I have done. I'm giving them to you and as an exchange to that. Not only are you now made worthy to stand before the Lord and not have all of your sin upon you, but also you have my works, Christ's works, mm-hmm. to show for it. Uh, so that's a, a wonderful exchange, and it's so fantastic that Christ alone, Christ has, alone. was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can. We can't. And so what you're saying is that merit doesn't come from anywhere else but Christ, Christ mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, like you don't add to it or right. Depolish it a little bit or we shouldn't. <laughs> Do you wax it's our, it up? It's already so perfect. <laughs> like I can perfectly see my sinful self when I look at it. Mm-hmm. There's no need to polish it anymore. So you're saying you can't augment it at all? I mean, you're a guitarist, right? So you know what an augmented chord is, mm-hmm. right? You can't augment it any. No. Or, color it up or make yeah. it more presentable or put a good frame around there's it. There's nothing or... you can add to it. Okay. Well, you just, then you said we're sinners and do horrible things and all that. So obviously we can diminish it a little bit. Well, so. it's his mm-hmm. works. He didn't diminish his works. And mm-hmm. that's what we have been given when we stand before God. So no, we See, can't. So you would tell a, a, a struggling Christian out there that worries that God's mad at him all the time you know when they do something wrong or are they kind of then kind of diminishing the work of christ 
they just don't understand the work of Christ. Mm. And that's what they need to be explained to them is like, look, you know, all this work and toiling is, is you, we want to. We want to do these things to glorify God, not because he's going to strike us down, not that he's going to hit us with a bolt of lightning <laughs> or something, uh, which is what where he's at, right? This mm-hmm. guy is, oh, God, so mad at me because I can't right. do anything right. Well, when you stand before him, he's going to see the works of Christ, not your works. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is rejoice in that and then thrive to do our best because of mm-hmm. what he's done for us. It's such a great gift. It's wonderful. I want to do these things because of how much I love him. So that that's where it just needs to be a mental shift in that situation. Yeah, Christ alone. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could just wrap our arms around that, our minds around that, our wills around that, certainly our hearts, you know. But that's why he comes as a baby to live that life, to merit that righteousness under the law. Mm-hmm. So he fulfills the requirements of the law. Isn't that something? Yeah. So you hear a lot... These days about the law not applying, the law doesn't count, the law is, that's Old Testament, all that kind of stuff. But what did Christ say? I came to fulfill, fulfill He did not come to abolish law. it. Right. So he came to do his Father's will. Yeah. And he lives that perfect life to have that merit that he gives you in the great exchange. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. See? Now, certainly he takes away your sin on the cross, Right. He expiates your sin on the cross. Hey, so, that's that's one of those words. Hey. Uh, I think that accent gets into it. <laughs> hey, man, I was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that, Mark. We know. So what's another term you could use besides ex- expiate? Takes away. Takes away. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure that I did that. He takes away your sin on the cross. I just want to make it extra clear okay. for anybody who heard that yeah. one. What? <laughs> you lost me, Mark. Yes, we don't use those to try to be smart. We use them because they're great mental hangers that, that really capture truths in a way that takes away, does in a, in a part, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me give you another big one, because not only does he expiate, he, what, propitiates. Propitiates. See, these are the words, we call them big words now, but these were the words that were in hymns a hundred years ago that Mm -hmm. are no longer there. You know, um, some people about 20, 25, 30 years ago decided that culture couldn't handle these big words and they had to be taken out of hymns so now we just get 7-eleven songs hey and, i, I am a byproduct that. of public education <laughs> and those were not words in my church like so yeah it, it's a learning experience for me too everybody don't let him fool who doesn't you. got it don't let him fool you <laughs> <laughs> he just likes making fun of my accent and i don't blame I do him i, do I don't too. blame him a bit <laughs> Yeah, he's been trying to do it, uh, but uh, he's he's not quite quite there yet. You know, maybe we'll get him some homiletic training, and uh, <laughs> then we'll we'll see how it goes. Then, <laughs> yeah. So propitiates, right? That's words right there in Romans. I know in the old King James it is, um, and that is how he bore the wrath. You know, he bore the wrath of the Father in my place. Also, that's right. Know. Yeah, so is his life, death, burial, resurrection. This is um, 
the good news, the person and work of Jesus Christ. It and is the good news. It is the great news, right? And then the um, ascension to the Father. We kind of leave out the ascension. Um, you know, um, I know I yeah, preached on it a year or two ago. I, and, yeah, I remember a little bit about that. Yeah, and the ascension right there in Acts is, uh, is also a big deal, you know, where... Not only is he resurrected in glory, but now he is um, taken out of this world too and installed at the right hand of the Father, the seat of all power and authority. Okay, is Christ and Christ alone. See? Um, and that's really good news, yeah. my friend, because right now we have a high priest and a king and a prophet sitting at the right hand of the Father. You know, um, I think sometimes there's a little bit of a intramural debate amongst Christians who runs this world. Yeah. You know, we've, we've heard lots of that. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> and some are convinced that um, Satan is the god of this world, that it he runs it, and Christ has kind of made a rebel incursion here and we're still like gorillas undercover fighting and then there's others that say well no he uh, made a public spectacle of the devil on the cross he rose again in power and now he has ascended to the father to the right hand of the father where as the psalmist says your throne O god will reign forever and ever and ever and that means literally right now um, Christ reigns over this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Until all of his enemies are put under his feet. Say it, sir. Yeah. All right. And, and then the, the last one will be death. And the last one will be death. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, right? And the writer of Hebrews echoes that, right? Okay. Um, so very, very good news that Christ alone um, has come to us. Yeah. Okay. You know, with all of this, uh, <clears throat> it's it almost feels unnecessary to even ask, like, what is Christ? Why does that matter? Because we're Christians. Like, we we understand what what Christ alone is in at least a general loose concept. Like, mm -hmm. well, of course, it was by Christ. I mean, everything, even the name Christian, little Christ, like it's there. Right. Like we right. know that Christ is there. And so I think one of the things that we run into and why this sola is so important is it's because it's about focusing us back on what Christ has done and continuing to do and what he has done in exchange for us, like we mentioned. And when we get so complacent with our, you know, our normal lives or whatever, we just assume, oh, we got that. Hmm. We know that Christ alone is here. We know that he's the one um, we submit to and rule and reign and all that. He did all this great work. But then you just all those lies from the enemy come creeping in and they get in because you're not putting up a defense for that. And I think that's one of the reasons why the reformers were kind of championing this over time. It's like, let's, let's not forget. I know it's something it's easy to assume, mm -hmm. but let's not forget. This is probably the most important of all five mm. um, because without Christ, none of, the, none of it mattered. None of it Faith matters. doesn't matter. Grace doesn't matter. Nothing matters if it isn't for what Christ did and is doing now. And so I think that's that's one of the things I like so much about this solo. But we just have to be careful not to just sit back and assume it. We mm -hmm. need to still be on guard. 
uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the series, like the enemy's just trying to go under the door, just trying to find a foothold, and we need to use these solas to have that defense to keep them out. Because we're very good at creating idols, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very good at creating idols. The human heart is an idol factory, I think Calvin said. Yeah, and if you leave us alone long enough, we're going to invent ways to add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've mentioned this multiple times through the series, but like, we're always trying to add to one of the solos. <laughs> like, we're trying to add. Well, it's not just Christ alone. It's uh, I have to continue to do these things. Mm-hmm. My works matter. Like you mentioned, the guy who feels like God hates him and all that, he's under this impression that his works discount God's works, but mm. Christ's works. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something we have to go, no, that's that's not true. Right. <laughs> you you got to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one ditch, right? And then, yeah. the, and then the other one is what? Well, you know, Christ died, so now, I mean, I can just do Let, whatever. Let's sin about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God forbid, Paul would say, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Although he might be saying something a lot harder than that. I don't know. <laughs> some debate about that. Is that right? <laughs> might be using some more foul some, language than we think. Some stronger language. <laughs> yeah, it's Christ alone. So one one of the things that, that always reminds me of that is the covenant of redemption, that all of this started before the world was formed, before the before the foundation of the world, the Bible says that our salvation, the work of Christ that he agreed to do in covenant with the Father began before the foundation of the world. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. This starts when you and me are literally not even here, yeah. right? And neither is anyone else. And neither are the devil and his angels, right? The Trinity covenants... Um, the Father and the Son covenant, right, to to bring these things about, which means it's solus Christus. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm not adding anything into it. It, I think, important to note when we talk about this, we are talking about justification and not sanctification. Okay. Justification being a monergistic work, right, of one person doing the work. Okay. I am justified, meaning God has declared me righteous in his sight. My sins have been taken away, and the merit of Christ has been imputed to me. Uh, That is, when we're saying solus Christus, that's what we're talking about, specifically with justification. Our sanctification, as we work out our faith, and, and he is certainly the author and the perfecter of our faith. Right. Okay. Yeah. But wouldn't you agree you have something to do? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you agree that your choices really mean something there and your works really are good and you have a new heart that's inclined to do them? Ephesians 2.10 is your God's workmanship, right? And um, about the works that he has prepared in advance for you to do. Yeah. Right? So you have real things to do now. Okay? So in... In your sanctification, you're cooperating with the Spirit of Christ yeah. and with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as you grow in conformity to Him, okay. It's um, He gives us means to accomplish His will. He does indeed. And uh, you know, sometimes it's prayer. You mm-hmm. know, we 
we ask God to fulfill his will. And uh, that's part of how he uses us to be a part of that process to fulfill his will. Mm-hmm. He says, pray for it. Yes. I'm going to answer your prayers because this is my will, and I want you to ask me to do it, and I'm letting you be a part of it, which I think is so awesome that we get to be a part of the process. We don't need to be by any means. Mm-hmm. We already know God created the universe without anyone's help. Right. And so we don't need to be involved, but he, he lets us. He wants mm. us to be involved. And so that's really exciting. And then that's why he created these works for us. That's why he gives us things to do. Mm-hmm. He made us and put us in a garden to do work, to right. toil, to, to make things you know, grow, to help foster this, this environment that God is willing to make. And so, yeah, it's exciting that we're not robots. Right. You know, we're not just some robot that God said okay, do this. And I go, okay, master, you know, and I just go and do it. Yeah. He's yeah. given me a new Domo heart. Arigato. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I did Yoda last time. You, know, yeah. you could do that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, um, we have been given a new heart and because yeah. of that new heart, we want to do things for him. But mm-hmm. before that, we had hearts that only wanted to do evil things. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing that's changed. you know. And so he's given us these works that we now want to do and are excited about and get to be a part of the building process. Whereas even, you know, here's maybe the flip side, is an unbeliever. He's still doing works. Mm-hmm. And God has, has put for him to do. And he loads God, and so he's doing these works in rebellion against him and in spite of him. But he's still accomplishing God's purpose, because like you said, he makes vessels for honorable use and dishonorable and use. Dishonor. And so you just we have no idea. I mean, it's such a insane, vast, deep valley of incredible wonders to jump into. Indeed. Yeah, I like... Um... Don't you feel that it's just been conditioned into us? Maybe I, maybe it's been beat into us as Reformed people that we just always feel compelled to point out that we have genuine and authentic wills and that we really make choices. Yeah. You know, I, I'm i not sure exactly why we feel compelled to do that because it's as normal and natural for us as anything. Maybe it's this constant argument that's been going on for centuries, you know? That's, I think that's where it comes from. But I love going, I'd like to just go back to your point a little bit earlier when we're talking about Solus Christus and the importance of Christ in all that we do and our thoughts and our actions in our hearts, um, how you were saying that, as we go along in the Christian life, sometimes we can take that for granted or forget about it a little bit, or sometimes we don't place the proper importance on it, or it becomes, uh, passe is not the right word, but I guess... Kind of mundane? Mundane, maybe, and just normal. It normalizes to us. And um, could you just discuss that a little bit? how it's easy for us to kind of just have Christ kind of take a a back row seat. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's, we just get so preoccupied with life. I think that's the biggest thing. I think um, getting busy is a big problem there Mm -hmm. because we stop focusing on Christ and how 
all things come from him. Our ability to get up in the morning comes from him. Our ability to go and have a job comes from him. Our ability to do, I mean, anything, to be a the husband mm-hmm. is, is first because Christ. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if you, you have to just jump in and start really diving into what every single thing means and how everything relies upon Christ. And what happens is we stop. We just think about, okay, what can I do? How can I pull this together? And then you just slowly start to push Christ to the backseat. Mm-hmm. You don't intentionally mean to, but it just starts to happen. Or something comes up in your life and you're like, well, look at me. I, I got that promotion. <laughs> or look at me. I I played that song the best. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and it's that pride. Mm-hmm. Pride comes in and pushes him out. And that's where this the slippery slope really gets going. And so one of the things I think to battle that is just to remember that you have nothing without him and continually being thankful. No matter what situation you're in, just wake up, whatever it is, go to the shower. I like to go to the shower and I just go, what can I thank God for Mm. right now? Because if I'm in a terrible mood and I'm not focusing on Christ anymore, I'm saying, look at me, poor me, whatever it is, well, let me start putting my eyes on him and start thinking about all the great things he's done. And I, just, I go small, just the smallest things, mm. the taste, sight, um, being, able to, um, be, being able to see colors, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Just start with everything that you can think of and then go, I can even enjoy the scorching heat. Like, I can, as you have your thyroid condition, right? <laughs> like, you can't, sometimes the temperatures are a little off for you. But we can celebrate that even with extreme uncomfortable heat and humidity, you can feel that and appreciate mm-hmm. that. Not everybody can. Not everybody's going to get that right. And so I think that's where it starts, and then we can point back to Christ did all of it. Christ mm-hmm. made it. He sustains it. He keeps us. And one thing I wanted to say, I mean, he, he alone is the perfect Adam. He did mm-hmm. what Adam could not do. Right. He failed. Adam, our father, failed. But Christ didn't, like you said, when he came as a baby. He did everything right and was the perfect Adam. He fulfilled the covenant of works. That's right. Where Adam had failed. He was perfect in all he did, and then when he ascended, he became our mediator alone. Mm. He's the one who's taking all of our, our conversations, all of our desires, and everything that we offer up to him through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and he's working with God on our behalf, which is incredible. But it's all Christ. None of it is us. And when we start thinking it is, that's when we start to slip. Mm. And that's when we throw them in the back. That's well said. So does that count? You mentioned a lot of good things, right? Um, So earlier you had told me that my thyroid condition is a gift, right? Yeah. And that I ought to thank God for it. Um, So do you think that he is at work also in... The things that aren't so pleasant. Yeah. Right? Have you ever stepped on a nail or something of that nature? Here's here's something a little harder. My mother Mm -hmm. was sick a lot growing up. And, um, you know, at at the time, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't understand it. But growing up and, and being where I am now, I look back and I go, God was behind that. Not because he was trying to punish her for something. It was about shaping me in mm-hmm. my family, and fostering me for something. And I'm sure there's a, a thousand other reasons. Sure. But there's he was doing that on purpose. 
And so when she passed and I had to endure all this stuff and go through all that, that was still a gift. God was still doing these things because he was there the whole time. And I remember, uh, I tell my wife this a lot. So we, we have the story of, of Isaac. So he's almost sacrificed, right? Mm-hmm. And then he disappears for a little bit. And then he comes back um, and he, he has a new wife coming to him right after he's lost his mother. That's what happened to me. I met my wife, or we were almost getting ready to be married right before this happened. And so it was a great throwback to this. So even in that, even in my mother's death, which is a hard, hard thing, like Mm. that's hard stuff Mm -hmm. to be focused back to Christ because Christ is responsible for all this stuff. I mean, he's behind the the scenes because it's for our good for all of those who love him. And I loved him and he was working that for his good. So yeah, even in, like I said, your your thyroid, like Mm -hmm. God has given us these pains, these thorns in our side so that we can use them to glorify him. We're not supposed to sit there and complain, which is hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> when my back was hurting and I couldn't move, I wanted to complain all the time, and I did more than I should have. I always say anybody that says the Christian life is easy has never tried it. <laughs> the, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The complaining is, the grumbling, yep. the murmuring. Yeah, it's hard not to do sometimes. And I would say that's pride. Saying, mm. saying oh, I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't have this. And... The reality is, yeah, you do. Mm. You, you deserve the worst of the worst. But Christ, as we talked about, has exchanged his perfect works for mm-hmm. our crappy works. And so, yeah, I mean, even in the worst illnesses and discomforts, if we put our mind to focus on Christ, we can glorify him even in those things. Yeah, that's always a hard sell to modern culture that your works are dirty rags, your best works are dirty rags, and it's the work of Christ alone, solus Christus, Mm -hmm. that is virtuous and has merit and is good. That's a hard sell. Well, uh, I mean, the culture is constantly telling them that you're good. That you're good. There's always good in you. Mm -hmm. Like Luke telling his five cents good in you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And here, (coughs) excuse me, here you come along saying that it's solus Christus, Christ alone is good. Yeah. You know, why do you call me good? Right. He says to the rich young ruler, no one is God good alone is good. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's a very difficult sell in this modern culture. I think it's been a difficult sell in all cultures at all time, given the fallen human heart that is constantly we love pride. saying we, <laughs> we are love good. Yeah. <laughs> I can do a little bit of this that Christ did. It's not really solus Christus. It's, well, yeah, kind of solus Christus, but I just got to add in a little bit of my own goodness because certainly, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad, Tommy. Certainly, no, I'm not worse. the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know me well, right? <laughs> Don't worry, me too. Don't yeah, me too. And all of us. But I, that's why I rejoice in the name of Jesus. Something happened to me, Tommy. Um, the, those of us that come, come to faith later in life um, sometimes see it more clearly um, on a Damascus road. Something happened to me. And I know what this person has done for me. And I know that he did it all, Solus mm-hmm. Christus. That, and there is just no greater name than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There mm-hmm. is not. There simply is not. 
you know, it's uh, you saying that reminds me. I know there's there there was a big movement, and there still might be. I'm not sure, but there was a lot of people trying to to push for talking about their testimonies, and like they would try to get the more ridiculous the testimony, the better, and that's what they would air <laughs> on, you know, whatever the show is or something mm-hmm. like that. And I ran into a lot of Christians that were going, "Man, I wish my testimony was like that." I wish I had this, you know, really awful life and then God, you know, did this thing instead of being sheltered and protected and avoiding all this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> there's, there's several reasons of that. First, I praise God that he saved me early on and kept me from so much sin and so many awful things that I could have done. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was by His grace that I didn't do those things. And I thank God for that. And I'm not like, oh, I need to go and have a, a worse situation so I have a greater testimony that God can be glorified. No, God can be glorified even in a more mundane, normal life. But on like top the of life that, of Jesus? Yeah. There, <laughs> right. there was no Who testimony never said, there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go down the Damascus Road. That's or, true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um but, but one of the things, though, that I think we need to remember is God has given you all the things that you've gone through for you. Mm-hmm. Your life has been tailored for you. Mm-hmm. God has given you, like we said, those works, so the good and the bad. All those things are for you, and he made you able to endure it depending on him. And he created me like me to be set down in those circumstances, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Right, because he knew and designed you mm-hmm. so that when those things happen, that you would give him the most glory. Most glory, yeah. And we don't see that. I mean, I can't see that in your life. But God is getting the the glory. He's reaping. Well, the I'll let you in on what I think is a little bit of a secret, um, and this speaks to the restlessness of the human heart. That I think those that grew up in Christian homes and families and churches kind of always wish they had the Damascus Road, and those of us that had the Damascus Road <laughs> wish we had grown up in Christian families and churches and homes. Yeah. You know, we just we just have this restlessness mm-hmm. in the human heart. You know. Just think that the grass is greener on, on the other, the other side. Somehow. On the other side, yeah. But if you've looked at some of the yards around here, you, you'd see it. <laughs> Not a whole lot of green grass these days. Thank God Texas for the rain sun, today, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. We talked about some of the dangers that we can run into uh, when we are we're putting Christ in the back, when we're not really putting our focus on Him and making it about Christ alone. Um, so can you expand on that a little bit? Maybe open our eyes to to some other situations where we need to be careful with? I think we can. You you hit it real well on a individ on an individual level, on a personal level, right? Where in our daily lives how this happens and we will tend in our flesh to move him to the side a little mm-hmm. bit or subtly replace him. Well, the same thing can happen corporately also, and it's something we should pay real attention to in our worship of God corporately in the church and in a church setting, in worship and how the church believes and conducts itself and all these things that there's an element of solus Christus there that we ought to keep our gaze on. Yeah, I mean, and you've, you've got considerably more experience in that than I do and I think that most of us that we don't 
we just follow our shepherds. We follow our leaders and our pastors. Oh, and so yeah. maybe you can help us understand why we should be a little bit more vigilant. We'll see right there when you say follow your shepherds, right? Mm. So, yes, that's that's a good thing, right? And the Bible speaks to that very clearly in, in the offices of elder, right? But who you're really... That's an under-shepherd. It's a steward who you're really following is Christ and him alone, right? That's right. And I knew you'd bring it back to it. I, well, <laughs> I, I try as hard as I can because I know that I'm fallible, right? And that even when, sometimes when I do nothing, I still disappoint people. <laughs> <laughs> so I be, I'll be sitting around minding my own business and somebody, you know, doesn't like something. But that's why I always say up front, your gaze always has to be on Christ and him alone has to be on Christ and him alone. Not in a man, not in an organization, not in a church, not in yourself, right? Certainly not in a pastor, right? Do pastors need to toe the line and be good stewards? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No excuse not to right? any of that, but don't let them ruin your faith. Right. Mm. Okay. You got to keep your gaze on Christ. And certainly when we're talking about this, we also include God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in these things too, right? You yeah. know, um, the when the Trinity acts externally, it's it's an action of all three persons, right? They're they're never separate externally like Christ is over here, you know, God the Son's over here doing this thing and then God the Father's back over there behind that tree doing something and the Holy Spirit they they all yeah. they act together okay so yes it's very very important cuz churches just like individuals can lose sight of Christ alone over time right it's it's just a very fleshly thing to do yeah uh, especially when things get hard oh you know um, attendance is down so now we got man but you know let let's think of some kind of good clever thing to yeah. draw people in here or some exciting or think, campaign vision yeah. yeah or you know building the church into a movie theater and dressing up like movie characters oh, right yeah. you know that's we're starting what have we done we've taken our eyes off of christ and him alone because he is risen and ascended to the right hand of the father and is our high priest and our king who runs this world and his church it's his church and he knows what he's doing say so we really can if we're not careful um and like you said earlier not not that it's even a sinister thing yeah sometimes they don't know what's going on they're they're trying to be faithful but they've already put him in the back seat and they didn't realize (laughs) it and you know you drag all these other people along i mean how many people do you know i know i've ran into quite a few that have been burned by bad leadership Mm -hmm. where they've come out and gone well you know this guy led me on this long crazy tangent and you know i just can't trust you i can't trust god i can't do all that and so this is a big deal. It's really important because great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I mean, not, in not my, that you're... In my generation of Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won't say that quote in the new movies. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'm just like, come on, yeah. just say it. You're almost there. Just say, say it. it. <laughs> 
say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to know these things, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's some, that's the collateral damage we have to deal with. It and is. You deal with all the time, and it's because they did not have their focus on Christ, mm-hmm. and because of that, they misled these people, and now they they don't trust anybody. They don't right. understand because first of all, they didn't understand that they weren't putting their eyes on Christ to begin with. Mm-hmm. They were putting their eyes on this guy, mm-hmm. you know, wearing skinny jeans <laughs> on the stage. You know. That's what was going on. Ooh. Or the woman. Yeah. Or the woman. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eyes on the regulative principle of worship really helps here. The the regulative principle says we only do and worship what God has commanded. And it really helps to cut down on a lot of that if we follow it faithfully. Yeah, it cuts out the theatrics. Cuts out a lot of that uh, sensational. No beach balls. Things. No, no beach know, balls. Yeah, machines. I know that one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fog machines, right? Um, no, no. Me and you no both. No ACDC will, in there. You know, I have videos of churches playing Highway to Hell. It is, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, and I know behind it, someone's going, hey, you know, this will really bring people in and tell them that there's a hell. But it just doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, you know, what happens is if you if you do that kind of stuff all the time, mm-hmm. you end up not having a church, but a gathering of unbelievers because you've already chased all the believers away. Well, we would call it a church. Them. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep, it's uh, and it's strange fire, in yeah. my view. You know, it's strange fire, and God has commanded. I always ask, you know, how about all those boring passages in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Exodus, and going over the size of the temple, and it's got to be this far, and it's got to have this color cloth, and Aaron's got to be dressed this way with all this. Why is that in the Bible? I mean, those were the most riveting passages. <laughs> they couldn't wait to get there to hear that one that week. You know? <laughs> but why are they there? One reason is, is because it shows and it demonstrates clearly and in great detail that God is specific about how he is to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. He does not really leave it up to our whims. Yeah. And every time that the Israelites fell off of his commands what did they do they start building the high places and astral poles yep. and going to yep. foreign gods and mm-hmm. and all of this stuff see it's over and over and over it's that restless fallen human heart again and we need that structure see mm-hmm. we need that so the regulative principle really helps and it keeps us focused on christ it really does i mean even those passages are pointing to Christ. Even those. I'm so glad you said that. So you're you're starting you're one of them like a fundamentalist like real orthodox guys, aren't you? I you don't know? know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that might you, be one day, but yeah. I'm, I'm working towards it, but I'm not I'm not there yet. Well I mean fun, when I say fundamentalist, I mean it in the old sense where it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> not you know <laughs> Yeah, it's not it, always great right now. <laughs> the nineteen twenties, you know, where 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 it meant you believe in the five basic, you know, tenets of the Christian faith, right? It's um, So I used to listen to this guy, I'm not gonna say who because I don't necessarily want everyone to go listen to it. But I actually benefited a lot from it once I 
got past the bad theology. Mm-hmm. And but one of the things he always said is that Christ is on every page. And yeah. I I can't say that I have seen that a hundred percent of the time with every passage, but I look for it, and most of the time I can see it. And I, so I think it's there. I think the whole book, all of Scripture, does point to Christ. I just haven't figured out all of it yet. I, I think it. Does. I think every page absolutely does, without a doubt. You know, I I get made fun of a lot because I say every word. You know, <laughs> with your accent, with my accent, yeah, and, and I and I hear well, parbar. Nobody even knows what that means, you know. <laughs> but so, but every page, absolutely, Tommy. It it all it all points to him and the, to the glory of the Father, without a doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's part of you know it's. Um... I think I know who you're talking about, though, because I think I've heard that as well, and I'm I'm with you there. There is a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's for, um, uh, what is the passage? It's for a king to find, you know, search out these sure. treasures, right? Sure. And so that's part of it is you are searching for mm-hmm. the treasures in mm-hmm. the scriptures that point to him. Mm-hmm. And it's that's exciting. It's fun. We don't want to go through and make it, make it. Mm-hmm. Like just come up with some crazy off-the-wall abstract or right. go, well, okay, well, let's look at every other letter, or, you know, something like that. I, let's, right. let's look at what scripture is actually saying, mm-hmm. and I think we'll find it there. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's encouraging to, to read through It's that. very encouraging. And of course, you know, his spirit inspired it. Yeah. So it all comes from him. He is the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, the very spoken word of God. So I think, yeah, to, to kind of wrap that up, churches are very susceptible to losing sight of Christ. Yeah. Okay. And you see it a lot in this word vision. Okay. When a pastor, and this is really uh, for pastors and elders mainly to keep an eye on when if i were to get my own vision there's there's something wrong i think because this is christ's church and he has a vision for what his bride is and he has a an aim a talos for his bride he is at work presenting his bride spotless and without blame yeah see and that's a shepherd's or a pastor's or an elder's aim is to conform to the mind of christ not to some other thing that that i come up with Mm -hmm. and if you try to do that you'll you'll end up um, not ministering to people right because you're going to be trying to pull them over to your vision instead of pointing them in the way of Christ. I mean, I've been, I've been part yeah. of churches where they had a pastoral vision mm-hmm. and it was almost like a, um, it's almost felt like a campaign. Yeah. You know, it was a, a period of time where we're going to try and achieve this thing that's set on his heart. Right. And um, it, it was always kind of weird and bizarre. And now from where I am now with the, the theology I have and the understanding, I can look back and go, yeah, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of the pastor's role is to disciple. It's just to raise up other people in the flock to know God more and to conform to him and to be more like Jesus. I mean, yeah. that's that's the main goal. That's the purpose. So if you're adding this additional vision on there, well, like you just put him in the back. 
You said, yeah, okay, exactly. hey, here's some popcorn, you know, <laughs> right. you, you'll be okay. And right. I'm just going to drive this bus now. And don't, I don't want you to tell me that I'm driving it off a cliff. Like, and that's, I've been part of that. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it. And it typically ends with some kind of weird contradiction, yep. um, something that just doesn't work. Uh, it just, it feels awkward. There because are, it's a there, campaign. Yeah, it is. And there's churches where you're not allowed to question the pastor's vision, you know, because mm-hmm. he got it directly from God. Now, now all of a sudden we're getting close to Bethel, you know, watchtower yeah. territory. Yeah. And stuff like that. But this is also, you know, Solus Christus and him alone is also important for, say, like in the home. Okay. Mm, yeah. The, the, the father is not supposed to be dreaming stuff up of other all these other kind of things but who is in charge of the home right christ and christ alone see and it's that conformity to yeah. him and there. He, he's given us the model too yes he has husbands and fathers exactly and so yeah again we look to him and look mm-hmm. to him alone for again everything so we go all the way right. full circle full circle everything is about christ mm-hmm. and everything should be about christ first about christ yeah. And he's the one that I'm to be united to. Okay? Hmm. There's this doctrine called the mystical union, and it and it's the easy way to say it, and the New Testament says it over and over and over, is being in Christ or into Christ or being united with Christ or union with Christ, right? And that's conforming to him in that way and becoming one with him um, is is what this life really is about i'm crucified with christ right yeah and it's just a beautiful beautiful thing i think we could talk about it all night mm-hmm. you know solus christus wonderful 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 it's mm. good stuff all right well i think with that we will probably end here uh, thanks again mark for coming on and giving us a little bit more insight uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be back soon, and we'll be talking about Sola de Gloria. Yes. To, what is that in English, Mark? To God alone be the glory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, join us next time, and we'll see y'all. Y'all have a great week.